0: This morning's reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 to 13. It reads, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. The word of the Lord. Sharing, a simple act, a heartfelt comment, a helping hand taking time when time is precious. These humble actions can lead us to so much more. A conversation about life. About faith. When we allow the Holy Spirit to direct our steps each day. Meaningful and life-transforming conversations can be sparked. When we share stories of God at work. In and through the lives of real people. We bring hope. A witness that Jesus Christ is still alive and at work in a world that needs to experience him. So
1: everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father.
0: This is who we are. We are a people empowered by the Spirit.
1: To be Christ's
0: witnesses. We share every day.
1: It's good to be with you wherever you are. It's good that God is here with us the Holy Spirit is here. I hope you can feel it. We're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit today as we explore this passage that, that Rodney read for us from Acts 2. But we're, we're in a series, we've been in a series called Weighed in the Balance, and looking at the four measures that our 2020 vision team um, really heard from God as ways that we can check in and see how are we doing with our, with our walk with God? How are we doing as we're seeking to become more and more like Jesus? And we began with the first measure, love. How, how am I loving my neighbor as God loves them? And then humility. How am I putting the needs of others above my own? And then last week, Pastor Chip started us on the third measure, which is sharing. How am I sharing the the good news of God's love for all people, not just some, but for all? And we've been saying that this verse, uh, weight in the balance, it comes from Daniel 527. And we're saying it's not, do you measure up? It's not about measuring up. It's about checking in. Pastor Chip has used the analogy of a truck, uh, a way station for trucks. Just how are we doing? And questions that we ask ourselves and our small groups are starting to ask them and and to reflect and, and they become part of my prayer time and my time with God asking, how am I loving others? How am I putting the needs of others above my own? How am I sharing the good news of God's love for all people? And so this week, we're doing a part two last week. Pastor Chip talked about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman in John chapter four and God's, and Jesus' invitation to her, and how she ended up having having these springs of living water just pour out. She just couldn't help herself sharing the good news. And and today we've gone to this passage from Acts on Pentecost, and I'll share a little bit more about that. But we wanted to, to come here because I believe it teaches us about how we can, the power that God gives us, to share the good news with others because we can't do it on our own right. there's very little we can do on our own and I think if you know there's many things we've learned through this pandemic and many things we will learn but one thing I've learned is I don't have control I can't fix stuff I can't control stuff right. but God can yeah. Amen. but God can and who knows but if this pandemic is almost like a wind sent in to kind of disrupt the church and bring us back to where God wants us to be, leaning on him and dependent on him. And so Pente- Pentecost is, is one of the three major uh, pilgrimage festivals that took place in Jerusalem. Passover, you may have heard of. That's the time when actually uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection took place during the festival of Passover, which is a commemoration of the release of the Israelites from captivity in Egypt. There's the festival of booths or tabernacles, which commemorates the 40 years that the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. And then Pentecost, which comes 50 days, and Pentecost means 50, 50 days after Passover. And it was a celebration in ancient Israel where it started out as an agricultural festival and then really came to commemorate the giving of the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai to Moses and a remembrance of that. So people would gather from all over the place, observant Jews and proselytes, people who were exploring the faith would come and many from all over lived in Jerusalem. It was very cosmopolitan, very um, international setting. All kinds of people are living there and it's here that the coming of the Holy Spirit comes in. And, and this, actually, Pentecost, we don't really talk about it as a, a day, but it's, it's become an important day in the life of the church. So Pentecost Sunday was last Sunday, the 23rd, so we're a week late, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all God's time. That's right. and, um, but Pentecost has is, is become important to the church as well as in the, in the Jewish faith because of what happens on this day. And it's the coming of the Holy Spirit, and we probably don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough, but the Holy Spirit is throughout the Bible. We see in the Old Testament, the prophets are inspired by the Spirit, and here in the New Testament, but this is the first time where people are gathered and the Holy Spirit comes in full force, in full force and enables this miraculous gift of speech where people can hear in their own languages incredible to me it really I I don't even know how to how to think about it but John the Baptist talked about the Holy Spirit there's been a long time where Jesus is trying to teach tell the disciples that this is coming this day is going to come John the Baptist says that I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I will come the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie he Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire and we saw that fire today. And then Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Almost, it's almost like a movie trailer, like, hey, this is coming, guys. This is coming. This is coming. This is coming. He talks about it in John 14 and, and 16 and, and says, you know what, I'm gonna go away, but I'm gonna send somebody. But it's the advocate. It's the comforter. It'll guide you. And they're like, what? <laughs> and then in John 20, he, Jesus comes and they're huddled in the upper room. They're scared after Jesus is... Has been crucified and he comes he comes to them and he says i'm gonna send somebody for you i'm gonna send the power this this holy spirit and they're like whatever we don't know what you're talking about and then at the end of luke's gospel and luke wrote acts as well jesus comes to them and he says i'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high And then at the beginning of Acts in 180, Jesus comes again and he tells them, this is 40 days, around 40 days after the resurrection, so about a week before what happened today Pentecost. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying that power is coming. You know, when I said that go to all the world, Matthew 28, go to all the world, baptizing in my name, preaching the good news and teaching them to obey what I've said to you. This is the power. And so the disciples never get it. We never get it, right? I never get it. Think about when Jesus tried to tell them about what was coming, the crucifixion. He, on the third time, he told them in the book of Luke, he, he says, this is what's going to happen, guys. And it says in the Bible, they didn't know what he was talking about. And then in Mark, again, he tells them, this is what's coming. I'm going to be crucified, dead and buried. I'm going to rise from the dead. And it says they had no idea what he was talking about. And they were afraid to ask. They didn't even want to ask questions. So this is... Even though Jesus has been saying, Hey, this is coming, this is really important, the Holy Spirit's coming, you're gonna get power from on high. It's coming. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. They have no clue. And then Pentecost happens. And we hear the sound of rush as of rushing wind and these tongues of flame. Picture it. It's incredible. You know, it's been a little windy here in Cleveland the last couple of days. They even canceled a baseball game. And that's just a tiny trickle of the power experienced on that day, the power of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus tells them, he told them that it was coming. And, you know, so disclaimer here, the Holy Spirit, one of the persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, huge, incredible, could be a year-long teaching series. So we're just gonna look a little bit at the Holy Spirit, but, but if you've not experienced the Holy Spirit, if you're not sure what it is, talk to us, talk to Pastor Lori, read the scriptures, ask God to teach you. Because this is the power that we need. If we're gonna do anything, any of these measures, if we're gonna love, if we're gonna be, serve in humility, if we're gonna share the good news, and next week Pastor Chip will talk about connecting. How do we connect with diverse people? We can't do anything without this. And God has sent it the Holy Spirit to us to receive and to live in the power of. And so I want to say the the power of Pentecost is the power to share the good news. It's the power that we need to do that. And you know, what did as the disciples were in that room and the, the tongues of fire and the wind came, What were they speaking about when they began to speak in all these tongues? They are talking about God's deeds of power, God's mighty deeds of power. They weren't talking about how to have personal peace or how to be happy or how to make the best hummus or whatever. They were talking about God's deeds of power. That's the message that they got and what God was helping them. And this same power is available to us now. If you've prayed with House of Prayer, Pastor Lori, begin with saying, come Holy Spirit. In our worship today, we've been inviting the Holy Spirit to take charge, because that's the power. And the Holy Spirit is, gives us the ability, when it comes at Pentecost, it gives us the ability, the power to share the good news. And I want to say that there's three ways that it helps us do that. It helps us to speak. It helps us to speak so others can hear. And it helps us to understand. so first, it helps us to speak in the all of them began to speak in other languages as the spirit gave them ability. Words matter. Wow. God gives speech. Right. The, the word became flesh, God's word God spoke creation into being. Wow. And you know I've. I've I have to in some ways apologize, for years there's this quote from St. Francis of Assisi that says, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary use words. Well first of all, he never said it, and we are to use words, yes we're to live on our faith, yes people should see evidence of God in us, but we have to talk about it, God gives us words, God gives us the gifts of speech in Pentecost, the ability to speak. In, other, in these other languages. And it gives us a, the power to do that. And then in Luke 12:12, 12, 12, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will give you words just at the right time. Yeah. He'll help you speak. And so if, if you feel like you don't know what to say and you're scared to you know, share your faith or talk about it, um, call on the Holy Spirit. Think about the disciples they've been they've been there think about Peter when Jesus is arrested and he's sitting around a charcoal fire and a woman says Hey, didn't you know that guy? He's like nope And so here's Peter who couldn't even share his faith with one person Just after what Rodney read he's preaching to 3,000 people Because why? because he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit also empowers us to speak in a way that others can hear. They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Now, that list of nations that we heard in verses nine through 11 was really kind of the whole known world at that time. It was the continents of Europe and Asia and Africa. And these were languages they weren't in, in Corinthians 12 and 14 when Paul's talking about speaking in tongues those are languages that can be prayer languages worship languages that usually needed an interpreter or people didn't know what they meant but these were actual real languages the Holy Spirit instantly translates myriad languages for the disciples to speak God's deeds of power now we have things like you know, Google Translate and apps to help us translate, but translation isn't just word to word. I uh, heard a, a, about a guy who, or it might have been a woman, I don't know, somebody decided to take, take me out to the ball game, you know, take me out to the, uh, to the crowd, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I ever come back. So he said he'd translate it to German and then he'd take the German and use the same app and translate it back to English. Here's what he came up with. <laughs> yeah, somebody says, uh-oh. <laughs> Execute me to the ball play. <laughs> Execute me with the masses. <laughs> Buy me certain ground nuts and cracker fusig. <laughs> I'm not interested if I ever receive back. Something got lost in translation. Translation isn't just a simple word to word, it involves so much more. And so it holy, the Holy Spirit gives the disciples the ability to, to do that, to be able to, to share. And then the, the Holy Spirit empowers us or empowers others to understand. And this is really important. Understand what they hear. When they heard this, these are the people that had gathered, the people whose interest was piqued. They were cut to the heart. This is when Peter is preaching and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, it helps us understand. There's something, if, if you read a, a scripture, you hear a message, what enables you to really understand it is the Holy Spirit. It's not only in the speaking, it's not only in the hearing, but it's also in the understanding. Because the truth is, when we hear things, researchers say that within eight hours, you're going to forget 30 to 50% of what we hear, unless it penetrates us. And it can't penetrate us unless the Holy Spirit enters in and enables us. You know, the Bible talks about give us you know, eyes to hear. No, we don't, our eyes don't actually help us hear. Our eyes help us to see and ears to hear and a heart ready to receive that's not our human doing that's the holy spirit that helps us to understand and helps us to to know and so just hearing the words isn't enough i heard about a an older woman she had just gotten home from a bible study just gotten home from church, and she comes in and she finds there's someone breaking into her house. And so, just having read this passage, she says, stop, Acts 2.38. (laughs) And so the guy just, the the robber just kind of stopped in his tracks. She called the police, the police came. And the guy was just standing there, and the police said, why did you just kind of freeze like that? She just was talking about a Bible verse. And he said, no, she said, stop. I've got an ax in 238. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny too. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was not operating in that situation. And so this whole enterprise of, of speaking and hearing and understanding of sharing the good news, the power, God, deeds of power of God, has been happening through the Holy Spirit from that day to this. The Holy Spirit helps us to speak, helps us to hear, and helps us to understand. So this next point is not gonna sound like a point, but it it just captivated me so much. So, So the point is, amazed and astonished. It said, amazed and astonished they, and these are the people hearing, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? They're absolutely amazed and astonished. Now, even some of the miracles of Jesus don't get that kind of a response. I think about in uh, John 11, the resurrection, or not when Jesus brings Lazarus, brother of Mary and Martha, back from the dead, after he's been in the tomb three days, three days, Jesus says, come out. And there's no amazed and astonished. In fact, the religious leaders, you know, if you read the passage, they said, let's go have a meeting, and they had a council meeting. <laughs> and so why is it so important to say that they're amazed and astonished? Why are they amazed and astonished? It's because they heard in their own language, in their native language. It says it three times in the passage which means we need to pay attention to that. Now the truth is, the people that are, these Jews that have come for Pentecost or that live in Jerusalem, for the most part, they would have known Greek, which is a common language at the time, much as English is in many parts of the world today. They would have known Hebrew and Aramaic. So there's a good chance that if the disciples had shared the great deeds, God's deeds of power, in one of those languages, they wouldn't have been able to understand it. But instead, God speaks in their native language so that they hear in their, in their heart language. And I, the, it, the, these languages might have re- reached some people who might not otherwise have heard, but most other people would have heard it. Nelson Mandela said, if you talk to someone in a language they understand, that reaches their head. But if you talk to them in their language, that goes to the heart. And so it went to the heart when people knew that this was their native language. There's something that makes you feel so at home, whether it's literally hearing a native language or whether it's something that's your cultural language, uh, a musical language, you feel understood when that happens. And that's why they were amazed and astonished. And they were also amazed and astonished because It said, because they were Galileans. Now, Galileans were thought to be kind of backwards, uh, country bumpkins, I don't know how to say it. And they were known for having a hard to understand dialect. But these are the people that God uses to share in all these languages. So once again, God uses the people that you wouldn't expect to do incredible things, just like the woman at the well. And if God does that, with these people, God also does that with you and with all of us, because he has empowered each one of us to be part of his incredible plan. And so, amazed and astonished, think about our world, 2020, 2021 is not much better. Think of the level of, or lack of discourse, supposedly, I think most of us speak the same language but we've had so much outrage and not a lot of empathy. We've had so much talking and not a lot of listening. Can you imagine if in Congress, in our government, in our families, if people would talk in a way that honored difference, that honored native language, that honored culture? Can you imagine? Wouldn't you be amazed and astonished? and may we be part of that. And so, how do we practice Pentecost? Well, there are some ways, I'm gonna share just a few kind of tools, a few ways to think about that. Because practicing Pentecost isn't just shouting what you believe, it's not passing out tracts. We know that it's it's speaking so people can hear us and speaking in their languages and, and trying to understand them. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I speaking in just one language or am I stretching myself and trying to put myself in another person's frame of reference, another person's language? Cheryl Cashin is an author, wrote the book Loving, about the Loving case in the Supreme Court. She's a legal scholar, she's an attorney, and she's developed a term called cultural dexterity. And what she means is if someone can go sort of in between cultures to, to really be kind of pluralistic and to really get to know other people, to listen to them, she says, they have an enhanced, people with cultural dexterity have an enhanced capacity for intimate connections with people outside your own tribe. And she says, what is, what is the way to do that? Make a friend. Get to know people. Put yourself in their world and try to see things from their perspective. Psychologist Ralph Nichols said, the most basic of all human needs is to be understood. You might think it's to be loved or to be accepted, but no, it's to be understood. We long for that. We ache for that. And when people feel understood, they're more likely to listen to us to what we have to say to begin with. And so you know, Cheryl Cashin's work made me think we need spiritual dexterity too. We need to honor one another's faith journeys. I love the work of Gary Thomas who has written a book called Sacred Pathways and he's identified nine different ways that people primarily will relate to God. So I know I've talked to people that say, oh, I just really experienced God in nature. Or others may say you know when i'm really thinking and really struggling with some intellectual things i really experience god or maybe it's in a worship service where we can raise our hands and and shout our praises to god but what we've done in the church gary thomas says is that every time that we have you know group of people who experience god in one way we just break off and segregate ourselves and start another church instead of being together and learning from the richness of the different ways that we approach God. Here at Garfield, we've used uh, Kathleen Edelman's resource, I Heard This, or I Said This, You Heard That, and it looks at temperaments, you know. It says you're red, or you're blue, or you're green, or you're red, or yellow. I just want to say red twice for some reason. Because, I know why, I know why. Because you know what the color of Pentecost is? Red. But it helps us to speak, Ephesians 4.29, to speak in in ways that don't tear people down, but build people up. It helps us to love one another better, to speak the words that if, if you're the blue temperament, you need to hear a different way for someone to reach you than someone who's yellow. And we'll be offering that again. I was talking to one of the leaders of our church that just led their team through, I said this, you heard that. And she said it was transformative. People were weeping. People were just absolutely floored once they understood that the people they were around every day just heard differently, needed to hear different things. And ministry by strengths, we've had that at Garfield for over a decade. As we look at our strengths, it helps us to see other people differently, to look at their strengths and begin to understand that. So these are some, some tools, some ways to think about, to take it from the ether into practical life. But the truth is, friends, that these aren't steps, these aren't formulas. We have to have the experience of the Holy Spirit for any of this to matter. N.T. Wright said this. The first Pentecost and the experience of God's Spirit from that day to this can no more be reduced to theological formulas or practical tools that we use to practice Pentecost, than you can reduce a hurricane to a list of meteorological observations. He says that we need to track hurricanes and we need to have those observations. But when it comes to Pentecost, it's far more important that you're out there in the wind letting it sweep through your heart, your life, your imagination, your powers of speech, and transform you into someone whose heart is on fire, on fire with the love of God. I mentioned before how they canceled the baseball game because of the wind. In my neighborhood, um, I took a picture of a tree branch, one of many, um, as I walked with our dog, Leah. Well, I don't know about you, but we lost power on Friday night and then, or on Thursday night and Friday for maybe four hours. And it was interesting to me, it was kind of convicting that there was very little that I could do without having power. Right? I couldn't work on the sermon. I couldn't check email. I couldn't listen to me. I mean, so many things. And how, do, how often I, it made me think, do I live without accessing the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't even know how little I can do because I'm so used to operating on my own power. And then when God rips away my crutch of electrical power and my internet, God forbid, then I realize that I've been leaning on the wrong power all along. And God invites us to that. So I'm gonna leave you with a penetrating question. And the question is, what is it about the story of your relationship with Jesus that could help others draw closer to God? It's a question that we've used in some workshops about faith sharing. And we you know, challenge people to think about what was life like before Jesus? How did you meet Jesus, and then how's life been since then? And it's just a way to kind of frame it, have your two-minute God story I think about the woman at the well and how she ran to the town and said come and meet the man who told me everything i've ever done and i wonder what she would say of jesus jesus my rescuer jesus my healer jesus my companion jesus my guide jesus my hope jesus my rock maybe there's a word that, that you have i heard a story ellen Burstyn, an actress talked about being in a diner, and the, the server was pouring coffee, and Alan noticed that the server had a cross around her neck made of safety pins. And she said to her, did you make that? And she said, yes, because it's Jesus that holds me together. <laughs> who is it for you with Jesus? I think for me, Jesus is my healer. That's right. Jesus took a, a girl who had been brokenhearted when her mom died when she was young, away from God for decades, comes back, and Jesus came in and melted all that hardness and all that bitterness and all that anger. And, and remade me, I resonate with the story of Lazarus when Jesus, when Lazarus comes out of the tomb and he's still in his grave clothes, what Jesus says is, unbind him and let him go. Jesus said to me, be unbound and go. What is it about? The story of your relationship with Jesus that could help others draw closer to God. Peter's Pentecost sermon in Acts 2:14 has the words from the prophet Joel, "In the last days it will be God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." And you know, that's the opposite from, usually they'd say that the, the, the young men would dream dreams and the old men would see visions. So God's mixing it up. And even upon my servants, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And so the crowd that from every nation under heaven that came together in amazement and astonishment stayed together in belief. And it's this community, this inclusive community with every age, gender, from every nation under heaven that shared their story. And as the stories have been shared over time, the stories have come to us. This community of stories in every language, from every person, from all over the place, that's the community that the Holy Spirit makes. May it be so with us.